It is Monday, November 28th, the final Monday of November. Kirk Vember is, is finally over, unfortunately. Um, but the way Kirk Cousins and this offense played on Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, I'm not too worried about the calendar flipping over to December. Joining me is Jordan Hawthorne, as always. Jordan, a weird short week, um, a holiday week. The Vikings and the Patriots played a very strange game on Thursday night. Um, strange insofar as we expected it to be a defensive battle. It was nothing near that. And the Vikings came out with an exciting 33-26 win. Any immediate takeaways, any immediate shocks from you? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, well, one, I think we missed the window for immediate shocks. We've really had a few <laughs> days to to kind of let this settle in. Um, no, I think that the Vikings had a hiccup and got blown out badly at home, which no one saw coming. Uh, but I mean, if we lose that game to Dallas by three points or by 10 points, even, uh, I still think everybody expects the Vikings to take care of their business at home, play a close game against, uh, you know, middle of the pack fringe playoff team. Um, you know, it kind of seems like the Vikings and, and you have this a lot, and I think it's frustrating as fans to have this, but uh, you, you know, teams don't blow each other out a lot in the NFL. That's kind of not something that happens all of the time. So having, you know, most teams that are considered good teams, they, they win these games and they win them by a touchdown or they win games by 10 or they win games on a last second field goal. Um, you know, I think a lot of people had the Bengals going all the way this year and winning it all after last season. And they, they built back the, oh, they, uh, we built their offensive line and, oh, you know, look at what they're going to do. They are a, what, like a seven and four football team. They're tied for first place in the division and they needed a, the exact same scenario to happen in Tennessee that the Vikings needed to happen in Washington while, you know, kind of a personal foul for, uh, hitting the long snapper on a field goal that extends a drive and ends up chewing the rest of the clock. So uh, this is how teams win football games in the NFL. Uh, it's it's special if you have a team that is regularly blowing teams out by by two or three possessions. But I, I think that, you know, I predicted them to blow out New England, and I'll probably continue to pick them to blow out bad teams, uh, middle-of-the-pack teams. Um, but... I'm glad to be incorrect about the blowout, blowout, but correct in predicting a victory, I guess. So, um, you know, yeah. I, th I think that that's kind of where I sit. I think that's where a lot of the fan base sits. So, I, I, I mean, I said this on last week's show, doesn't feel like, and this isn't really the Viking-specific topics that we usually talk about, but doesn't feel like there's one dominant powerhouse in the NFL. Oh, and college football, for that matter, but we're not a college show. We, we're going to stick to the NFL, but, like, Maybe the Chiefs, right? But like, I, I kind of did this transitive property a few weeks ago with, well, the Chiefs lost to the Bills and the Bills lost to the Vikings, but then the Vikings got blown out by Dallas. So who is, you know, like you can kind of, it's it's spider webs in it and it does all of that. So I think the Vikings can hang with anybody as long as they don't do what they did in Dallas uh, against Dallas. So um, I don't know, where are you sitting? Where, where's your like overall after this game like, opinion on like a Super Bowl one like let's think big picture here like what what was what, what's your brain at yeah the the inability so far to blow anybody out um you know it doesn't really like concern me so much I mean I would love to see I think I think the players would love to see you know a two three score win 
to have some have a situation where you're you're taking knees, you know, at the end rather than having to hold on for your last breath with the defense making another play. Um, however, I think, and we've talked about this, the the ability to close close games, and I think uh, Jordan Hicks called the defense, you know, the closers. They they like to be the closers and. They stress us out, this defense. You know, they give up six straight scoring drives, and then finally at the end they buckle down. Um, but there's something about a team's ability to close tight games um, that make them a lot more playoff ready. And we, we've seen with the, with the Bills, for example, you know, you talk about a team that has that that knockout punch where the, you, you – I think it's something that Colin Cowherd often talks about. He'll talk about, you know, the – the Mike Tyson quality of the Buffalo Bills. You know, they they sn- they smell blood in the water and they go get you. <laughs> they didn't do that against the Vikings. Um, but oftentimes this that team will just blow people out. But then when it gets close, they generally get tight. Um, they found a way to beat Detroit, as they should have, but they're not a great, you know, one score game team. On on the flip side, the Vikings aren't blowing anybody out, but when it comes to these tight games. Kevin O'Connell has this team buttoned up and ready to execute. And so I I think I I don't see this team necessarily as a Super Bowl front runner. Um they're still in position where they could get the the one seed and the and the home field advantage through the NFC playoffs. Um and like you said there's there's not a team that just stands out as far and away above everybody. Um that said, there are a lot of dangerous teams in the NFC. I mean, obviously Dallas and Philadelphia gave the Vikings fits. San Francisco, I want no part of. Um, <laughs> I don't in, think anybody in the postseason. does. I don't think anybody has any interest playing them. Um, and I mean, those are probably the four teams, right? Minnesota, San Francisco, Dallas, and um, the Eagles, who would be concerning for, you know, anybody going into the playoffs, but I think the Vikings are in a position where they're going to probably get the two seed unless there's some semblance of, you know, collapse here down the stretch. They have a pretty workable schedule to finish the season. We know how good they are at home, you know, except for that one Dallas game, they're a very good home team and they have been for a long time. I mean, it's one of the best home field advantages in the league. And so, you never know. I mean, you get a couple home games and you roll the dice into the NFC Championship game if we if we're able to get there. And so, um, and then obviously once you make the Super Bowl, anything can happen. So right. there's, I, I'm not ready to to anoint this team as Super Bowl front runners, but at the same time, they're in a position where if they keep t- taking care of business, that they could very well find themselves there. Um, yeah. We'll talk about the defense later, but I think that's a piece that concerns me um what i saw on thursday night is not a super bowl defense let's keep let's keep on this theme of like let's talk about the super bowl okay we're we're a nine win team vegas had our over under eight and a half before the season the vikings are at nine so they've already went over the vikings have a chance to tie like the fastest division clinch like of all time or something on Sunday with a win and a Detroit loss or a tie and a Detroit loss. Like those that, you know, those different, basically if Detroit doesn't win and we don't lose, we, we clinch the division. And so I, you know, it's right around the corner. I think the division is basically wrapped up at this point, but uh, keeping on the Super Bowl theme, I think one thing, and I'm going to make the case 
as to why I think there are some San Francisco fans and there are some Dallas fans and there are some, you know, Philly fans that are saying like, we would not like to play Minnesota again. It just feels like any given Sunday, Justin Jefferson might go for 250 yards. Like it just feels like even the days where he has 180, it feels like there was stuff left out there. Like there were more yards he could have gotten. There were more touchdowns that we missed where he was open and we went to, you know, Thielen or Hawkinson um, for, the, for the touchdown or something like that. And so that has to be, for an opposing fan base, just, I mean, terrifying. And Vikings fans, I think, they understand this. Well, like going up against Devontae Adams, for years, it was like, oh yeah, they've, you know, the defense might not be all that, and and the offensive line is bad, but they do have Devontae Adams and, and, and Aaron Rodgers, of course. You know, I'm not trying to discount that. But having that elite weapon that any given Sunday can just detonate and go nuclear is, I think, very scary uh, for any team. I mean, I think that Dallas, if they come back and our offensive line plays a solid game, not even a good game, just a solid game, I think that they you know, they're, they're in a lot of trouble. And and maybe that's bold of me to say about a team that beat us by 37 points. But I do think that it was the, you know, it was the just the right team on the wrong day for the Vikings. So I'm, I, I, I don't know. This season just feels different. And this is this is what I want to get your take on. And then I want to hear you either, you can give a positive or negative. I, I don't care. We're just kind of chit-chatting tonight on a Monday since the show is, you know, like, like the title says, you know, it's a few days uh, late uh, and a couple dollars show uh, because the game was last Thursday. And I, by the way, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. But I, I, I think that this team offensively just feels different. Like there was, I cannot remember a point, maybe 09, maybe 17. I don't even know if 17 because we had Case Keenum and I didn't trust him at all. There hasn't been a point where, like, we've been down 10 points late in a game, and I've been like, yeah, like, you know, just it's a touchdown, a stop, and a field goal, and, you know, it's overtime, and that's if they can hold us yep. to a field. Like, I have so much confidence in this offense, and I don't know, maybe it's just because it's the first time in my life that I can remember that we've had an offensive minded coach. And so I feel like that's the strength of our team now. And. It's just a weird feeling. It's different. I don't know how to feel about it. You know, I don't know if it's if it's just like I need to belch or if it's, you know, that the Vikings are a really good offensive team. But that's why I I feel like every week we come on, we do the day late dollar show, we do a post game, and I start talking about Super Bowls. And I and I want to direct the conversation that way. And I think it's just because there's a there's a confidence that the fans obviously have. The the guys are on the field. You know, the X's and O's, the Jimmys and Joes, they feel it. Like, I think they play with that confidence every week as well. So um, let's let's kick it back over to your side. I know you said you had some negative thoughts about the defense. If you want to wait to get into those, we can if you want to touch on the offense. But um, I, I, I don't know. I kind of like this conversation. Yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll touch on one thing you mentioned. So you mentioned the offensive line performing well against New England. And um, I think the Dallas game was a situation where we got punched in the mouth and I don't think O'Connell and Phillips were able to pivot quick enough and figure out a way to slow them down. It was, we kept trying the same things over and over again. It avalanched and that game ended just brutally and yeah. got a hand, got out of hand very quickly. 
the New England game, the Vikings, the Vikings offensive line, you know, plus tight ends and running backs allowed one pressure. One, the entire game against arguably the best pass rush in the NFL. Against Dallas, they allowed pressures on, I, I believe the number was 67% of Cousins dropbacks. And so the vast and stark difference between those two games is astounding. <laughs> and yeah, that's and also just, and it's just remarkable to see the improvement that the line had compared to four days earlier. And obviously it's not like, you know, we got a new offensive line or anything. It was, we were able to coach and um, prepare our team to block a really good pass rush. Um, you could tell there were a lot of chips um, from the backs, from the tight ends to help out on Judon and the rest of that crew. Um, but yeah, Judon didn't get any hits on the quarterback. Um, there were, the only pressure was the sack that Cousins took in the red zone. He was hit on a couple of throws, so I don't really know how those don't necessarily qualify as pressures. Um, regardless, the offensive line, the pass rush, or the pass blocking held up much better. And that was really good to see because I think a concern that, you know, maybe the Vikings fans and we all have had is, A, the pass blocking hasn't been, you know, consistently good, and B, how well can O'Connell and this new coaching staff pivot after, you know, these terrible performances? Yeah. And they, they're, they're kind of now two for two, if you will, because the Philadelphia game got embarrassed on national TV. They rattled off seven straight wins, get embarrassed again on a semi-national TV game against Dallas. And then they come back on a primetime game and beat the best defensive coach ever. And yeah. so clearly there's uh there's an ability to adjust that O'Connell and the offensive coaching staff has shown and the coaching staff as a whole. So um, I want to, I want to hear your thoughts though on the defense because um, another sort of classic um, Ed Donatel performance from this defense, bend and break and bend and break and then finally <laughs> stand up straight at the end and don't allow, don't allow new England to, to tie the game. So what, uh, what did you see from the defense? So to me, the defense, it, it feels like the turnovers are starting to go away, which we probably should have expected. That's not typically something that you can be like, oh, well, the defense sucks, but they get turnovers. So you're going to play quarterbacks that don't throw bad passes, and you're going to play, you know, guys that catch the ball and immediately, you know, do the do the, the cover up because they know that the punch is coming. So I think teams have adjusted. They figured out, Hey, the, this new Vikings defense, it's not very good, but if you throw a bad pass though, they, they will catch it. And if, if you carry the ball like a loaf of bread, they will punch it. They will punch it every ball at sometimes they will sacrifice at making the tackle because they want to make a turnover instead. And mm -hmm. I think that it is very much a, um, and it's, this is not, this might not be the most PG way of saying this. It's a, a very much like a balls to the walls, go all out, get the turnover, you know, no points is better than three points. And you know, it will, like, it feels like it's a bend, but don't break defense, but it feels like it's either a, we will break you or you will break us defense in that you will score seven or we will get the ball. And so, like you said, you know, they bend and they broke and they bend and they broke and then they finally kind of stand up. I think that Zadarius Smith does not look well. Uh, I think that he is falling off a little bit, and I hope that that is something that this mini buy can maybe 
get him back to being the old Zadarius, if you will. And I hope that uh, the defensive backs room can get healthy. I saw Andrew Booth, I believe, is undergoing surgery uh, that could potentially end his season. Uh, and I wish him yeah. all the best. And I'm not, you know, I want him to recover because I think he can still develop into a great player. But honestly, I thought I, w- I was going to say tonight we should be stouting Duke Shelley anyway because I wasn't a fan of what I saw from Booth against Dallas. We need a Caleb Evans back. Uh, we need Cam Dantzler back. Like the the secondary is already kind of not great. Uh, you pile injuries on top of a weakness and you just get the Dallas game. Exactly the Dallas game. Yep. Um, and then we made Mac Jones look like Tom Bodie, like prime Tom Bodie. So just not great. Just not great from the yeah. defense. But, and I've said this in years past, I would rather have a bad defense that can situationally get stops than a great defense that situationally collapses. And... I think that that is kind of ringing true this season. We uh, we have a defense that's really bad, um, and sometimes it's really bad for the entire game, and it doesn't stop being bad, and it never you know straightens up, uh, and that's what happened in Dallas. And sometimes it's really bad, and then it kind of straightens up just long enough for you to make a comeback, go up by seven, and then escape with a with a W. So, and that's what happened in New England. So, um, yeah, and what, eight other times this season, it feels like, except for the Green Bay game. I mean, every game, it's been the defense had to kind of stand up, get a stop. It's that way the offense could go do its thing. So I'm hesitantly confident in the defense, especially as Dantzler and Evans get back and we get, you know, we get depth through health uh, at the, at the Kono position. I think that's just so important for this team, but I don't know. I'm kind of expecting you to just absolutely flame this defense right now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah there's just it's uh it's just concerning in a lot of a lot of ways <laughs> i mean so you you mentioned the health and i think the health is totally valid um delvin tomlinson being out for a few weeks now hurts a lot um up front generating a little bit of pressure obviously getting getting stops in the run game we should hopefully i'm not this is not reporting anything this is just speculation Hopefully we have Evans back by Sunday. Uh, hopefully he clears concussion protocol. Um, we'll also have to cross our fingers on Christian Darisaw. Hopefully he's progressing. Um, I believe Cam Dantzler is not cleared to play until the Detroit game. Yeah, he is, um, he is out if, this week no matter what. Yep. So I think and then obviously Booth out for most likely the season. So it's either going to be Duke Shelley or if a Caleb Evans is ready to roll um, opposite Patrick Peterson. So the injuries play a part in it, but also this is football. It's a sport that has, uh, you know, organized violence, if you will, or, you know, and so there's, there's going to be injuries and teams that are able to a just stay healthy. I mean, if, if a team can stay healthy, that's, those are often the teams that if they're healthy at the right time, they peak at the right time. I always think of the, the Eli Manning giant teams that won the Super Bowl, freakishly healthy at the end and that Plaxico Burris year. They were super healthy team. They were ready to go in the playoffs, and they they rolled through it. And so um, if the Vikings are able to hopefully get their players back, stay healthy, that would be a big boon for this team moving forward. But also, you can't count on health. You have to be able to have guys, dare I say, like Duke Shelley, step up and make plays. Um, and I so I'll, I'll, I'll get now maybe to the concerning stuff that I saw you know, throwing aside injuries, because like I said, those are things you have to deal with. It was just, 
it was just Swiss cheese out there for for about three quarters. Um, the fourth quarter, they stiffened up. I think it was the final three drives. Technically, they didn't score. Um, I think it was a three and out, and then they moved the ball a little bit before turning it over on downs, and then obviously that last drive where um, they ran out of time. But um, So they finally stiffened up in the fourth quarter, but it was, I believe, six drives to start the game in a row where New England scored points. The Vikings didn't have a stop until the fourth quarter. And I think the maybe most damning thing about it was 205 yards after catch. 7.3 yards after catch per reception. Not 7.3 yards per reception. 7.3 yards after the catch per reception. It was just an egregious display of bad tackling and just open grass. Um Four different players, <laughs> four different New England Patriots had a reception of at least 34 yards. That is ridiculous. You know, Justin Jefferson had the long for the Vikings at 37, and he had another one that was maybe close to that. The Patriots had four dudes with receptions at about that long. That's an egregious defense. Um, one was a screen to Ramondre Stevenson. There were a couple deep balls, I think one to Nelson Aguilar. Hunter Henry had that catch and run touchdown. Um, Devonte Parker up the left sideline on Shelley. I mean, it's just these just gaping holes and or busted coverages down the field, or just un- unable to keep up with a a Patriot running a go route. It was just very disheartening to watch that defense for you know three quarters of that game. And I w- I was sitting there with my dad and my brother. Um, you know, watching this over Thanksgiving and after the game, I kind of in my head, I didn't see the stats right away, but in my head, I thought the Vikings probably lost time of possession because I just, it felt like new England was just kind of, you know, controlling the game for about three quarters of it, but the Vikings had 36 minutes time of possession. And I was like, well, that's kind of good. But then I thought about it again. I was like, it actually kind of is bad because the defense was allowing such quick strikes um, I think the first drive was what five plays or something where it, it was, was just chunk play, chunk play, chunk play. Um, the linebackers out in space were just shaky. I think Eric Kendricks got shook out of his boots a couple times. Um, yeah, I mean, I could go on. It's just it's a concerning trend now that we've seen for a couple weeks in a row here, and you hope that health can fix it. Um, but there's got to be some coaching adjustments that are made. There's got to be some more creative pressures that are brought. They brought some at the end of the game to finally get home to the quarterback, but there was nothing for about three quarters of that game. And so right. I, I was sitting there like pounding the couch, like saying, bring Harrison Smith on a blitz. And then like three plays later, Harrison Smith brought got got in on a blitz and forced an incompletion to force a punt. So, um, yeah, there needs to be a little more creativity, a little more um, aggression up front. Even if it's you know simulating pressures and dropping seven or eight like they have been a lot, I don't even care at this point. I just need something different than two deep shell coverage where you're allowing seven and a half yards after the catch. Yeah. So um, concerns me. I think the Vikings' remaining schedule allows them to maybe not play great defense and win a bunch of games still, but 
either way, it's uh, it's a trend that needs to be fixed if they want to have sustained success in the playoffs against the likes of the 49ers and the Cowboys and the Eagles, et cetera. Yeah, no, I think that the the, the main issue with it, and I'm going to make this quick and then I'm going to let you give final thoughts and then I'm going to I'm going to get us out of here and, and do all that stuff. But like uh, the main concern for me is like you can't ask your offense to play a perfect game every week and like. Did the Vikings often have they played a perfect game this season? No. Uh, I'm trying to think back of I, I don't even think you can say that like Green Bay was a perfect game. They only scored 24 no. points. It wasn't like they blew the dolls yep. off the building or anything. So um, you can't, you just can't expect that of them. And so I think it would be nice if we could get like one perfect offensive game, but. I don't know. It, it like you see it happen. Well, if the like we need to be able to say if the offense is down, the the defense can get a couple stops while the offense figures it out. And instead, what we've seen is when the offense stouts flat, the game very quickly snowballs and avalanches into uh, twenty four to seven or forty to three. And and you can't have that because they go up three possessions. Well, now we have to throw the ball. So now Micah Parsons pins the airs back, and here he comes, like just coming after the QB. And so it's not a way to win football games. Um, it puts a lot of pressure on Jefferson and, and Cousins and, and O'Connell to stout hot every week or else the game is over by the end of the first quarter. And it would just be nice to see the defense get a little bit better. And I don't think that health will fix it. Um, I think that it will make it a little better. But fix is a much bigger world. I maybe this defense is like really good. Or it's supposed to be really good against like teams like Buffalo. Like I, I kind of thought that going into the season. Like yeah, bad teams that are gonna dink and dunk. Like they can dink and dunk and whatever. But good teams or not not even good teams, but aggressive offenses will not you know dink and dunk and they'll go for the big shots and and they won't get them and, and the defense will look good against those mm -hmm. teams but the defense has not looked good against explosive offenses they've looked very bad again they've looked bad against bad offenses and they've looked all uh, atrocious against really good offense uh, uh offenses so i'm gonna yeah. pass it back to you i'm gonna i'm gonna let you get final thoughts in and then uh you know we'll i'll i'll jump back over and i'll get us out of here yeah final thoughts one one for the offense one for the defense um, I'll write about Greg Joseph later this week, so I don't need to talk about him. But um, we got to give the defense a little bit of credit, considering there were a couple games earlier in the season where the Vikings, you know, struggled to put up points early in games. The defense kept them in it. I'm thinking Miami and uh, Washington specifically. Defense kept them around long enough to um, give the Vikings a chance. I mean, that Washington game really the that one fluke touchdown to Curtis Samuel. Other than that, they allowed 10 points. That's fair. You know, it's That's a, it, they had, a, they have done a couple, they, they, they've done a good, a good job a couple of times for sure. But, um, and hopefully now they can play well together moving forward. But I just want to say one last thing on the offense. It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable to see the performance they put up. You know, I was dead wrong about this game. I thought it'd be a rock fight um 1916 is what i predicted <laughs> um they they just they move the ball up and down the field against the best defensive coach the league has ever seen and that is remarkable um regardless of the you know home field whatever is a remarkable performance by the offense one interception from kirk cousins everything else very good performance by the team so um just want to tip my hat to the 
the coaching staff and the offensive players who executed that game plan and brought it into fruition because that was a clinic they put on for about, you know, three quarters that game. And yeah, pretty remarkable, uh, remarkable performance. And it's exciting to see what now they can do against another really good defense in the Jets, which we'll talk about on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, I think uh, just to spoil, oh, my favorite matchup this upcoming weekend is going to be Jefferson versus Sauce Gaudino. Um, yes, that's going to be just electric, and I'm excited to see how that goes. Uh, to get the rest of our thoughts on that game, um, you know, I basically just gave away the main event because I think that is the main event <laughs> fight that's happening. But uh, to get the undercard and you know the the prelims for that game, tune in on Wednesday. Um, by the way. Uh, the Vikings currently sitting at nine and two. Um, a wise man once said the Vikings would win as many games as Kirk Cousins has interceptions. Will, uh, without me making any graphics or anything, how many interceptions does Kirk Cousins have this season? Kirk Cousins has nine interceptions. That is just nutty. Huh? So it, the key to beating the Jets on Sunday, Kirk Cousins, get it out of the way throw quick. Pick. Throw the pick. <laughs> and then just just get the chains, get the grill. Kirk Cousins with a grill coming to a plane near you soon, I think. I, he, he said he was going to call his dentist back in Michigan. <laughs> so I don't know, man. If the Vikings, like, I don't know. The only way it ends, the only way it ends is with Coat Cousins, like full grill and chains and watch and rings and just everything. Like holding the trophy up and everyone, it'll go down in history as like the worst Super Bowl pick of all time. Like there's the iconic LSU Joe Burrow smoking the cigar looking cool. Then you've got Coat Cousins who looks like Lil Wayne circa 2006 just going nuts with the bling. But anyway... Um, I've been Jordan Hawthorne. He has been Will Goodwin. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at WillBadLose, goat Twitter handle. Uh, follow the Bad Loser blog. Um, make sure to shop Unified Athletic Wear. It's Christmas time. They've got some really cool designs. They've got cool. By the way, I, I never really pitched this pout, but they like the whole, the, not the whole, but like a big portion of what they do is they make uniforms. So if your school is looking for new like softball uniforms or new baseball uniforms or football jerseys or anything like that, th they can make them for you and they can design them and they, you know, they have designers that work in-house and that will work with you. So make sure that you kind of you know, give them a, give them a check out, especially like, you know, men's slow pitch is going to be stout in here in about, you know, four or five months. For some people, it never stops. But for most people, it's going to be stout in here in a few months um, as we start thinking about rolling into spring again. And it's never too early to start looking. Make sure you shop Unified whenever you need to look for that. Um, follow the show on Twitter at LTB Vikings. Check out Vikings Territory. I think that's all of it. I hate that my ad reads are longer than most of my hot takes. But, you know, it kind of <laughs> is what it is at this point. So uh, make sure you tune in on Wednesday at uh, 7.15 Central Time for the Vikings Jets preview. Uh, and other than that, just as, as we always do, skull y'all.